Hello, everybody, and welcome to Thirst for the Worst. Uh, this is a podcast where we pick apart a piece of pop culture each episode in an effort to find the worst of the worst to fill our thirst. That's right. I am your co-host, Colin Bramer, and as always, I was joined by your other co-host, Nicholas Melander. In this episode, we took a look at the latest Adam Sandler Netflix venture, the brand new, at the time of this recording, Hubie Halloween. And oh boy, you will hear us lose our minds trying to unpack the jokes in this movie. So I hope you will join us down this Adam Sandler wacky character work poop joke rabbit hole. It was a real doozy. Thanks for listening and enjoy. All right. Hey, we're back for a second spooktacular episode, right? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we can fit it in by Halloween. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah, this will be out by Halloween. Um, it just wasn't enough. I don't think we were satiated with uh, the the last episode because there wasn't enough of a Halloween element there. Yeah, exactly. Right? It, it was just a, it was barely even a horror movie. It was like a thriller. Yeah, it was like a romance thriller. This is uh today's episode is a straight up Halloween. The, yeah, it's in the theme. title. Yeah, it's it's, a, it's Hubie Halloween. If you don't know anything about the movie, it's uh, currently on Netflix. It's yeah, a, this is an Adam Sandler Netflix movie, which I. T- I feel like Netflix did they did they like kidnap one of Adam Sandler's kids and and they're holding them for ransom until he does like forty five movies with them. Yeah. I don't know why he's doing. Guy, all, like, guy just likes to work. I don't know. It's like if he doesn't do four movies a year, he'll just cease to exist. That's what he's scared of. Yeah. Anyway, okay, yeah, this is Hubie Halloween. You, if you're listening to this, I'm sure you're aware of it. It's been in the top ten of Netflix since it came out like a few weeks ago. And we wanted to jump on the bandwagon. Uh, we were tired of talking about old, irrelevant movies that no one cares about. We wanted to do something new and fresh. Something that would get the kids talking. Yeah, and I'm excited for this one because it doesn't have a following. There's no, mm-hmm. there's nothing about, there's not even like a consensus for it. I don't... Yeah, no, there's no legacy to it. Yeah, exactly. That's it hasn't been out l- long enough for anybody to react to in a real way. So this is like almost a half review. Our other yeah. ones have been... I mean, we're still going to nitpick the, the shit out of it, but like it's almost... Um, this, I don't think this movie upon retrospection after watching it, I don't think it falls into, it's not necessarily bad enough to be something we would pick 10 years from now to do, to cover on a podcast. Right. But I think that it, it gets us into that genre that is like happy Madison production. Yeah. 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 This is a backdoor into, I mean, that's, that's a good way to put it. Like Adam Sandler is almost his own genre at this point. Yeah, it is. It's like a heartfelt slapstick comedy. Is like well, kind that's of what, what I was I gonna bring it. up. Like when we get into Hubie Halloween, I, I've not, he's so comfortable in this realm. He just keeps recreating this same plot line in each of these Happy Madison movies, mm-hmm. where there's this kind of lovable oaf that goes through the journey of being like bullied and then ultimately accepted by the community he's a part of. Yeah. He's, he doesn't seem interested in changing that at all in any of these movies. He, he just he must be like a fan of the underdog, and he wants to make movies for them. Well, okay, I, so I w- that's you bring up an interesting point. I wanted to get into what I actually liked about this movie at some point, mm-hmm. and maybe Adam Sandler in general. And that's one of the things that he is good at. He's good at bringing enough charisma to these otherwise outlandish sketch comedy type characters and sort of grounding them in the relatability of being a loser and an underdog just enough of that likability so that we don't check out completely during the absurdity that follows Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and i don't because i don't think it's the writing 
the the scripts that are doing that to the characters. I think that's something that Sandler's bringing to it in his performances. Like he is he is charismatic enough. Right, and I have to try not to shit on it too much because it is super corny, but I actually like Adam Sandler. Like I would consider myself to be like a fan of of the person Adam Sandler. Maybe not mm. necessarily like all of his movies, but like he it is funny to me that he can make a movie like um Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems and then this. Well, the, within the same year, I this this was the episode that I was for the first time a little bit worried that I'm going to come across as like a villain for shitting on this movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I know. What you I mean. didn't feel bad about any of these other movies we've done. But this is the one where I was like, oh, shit, I, the audience might turn on me yeah, for, I, for hating this because I see what you mean, because I actually kind of liked parts of it. So, like, yeah, it's yeah. Hard to well, and this. I should say that this isn't like uh this doesn't have the logical inconsistencies that we're used to with the movies we've covered. Right. There is some competency you know in the production of this and and it's beginning to end of storytelling. That being said, I have like real issues with it that we'll get into. But uh okay, so this movie is uh just came out this year, October 2020. Um it's obviously a Halloween movie uh and Right away, even from watching the trailer, you're just going to notice that it, he's playing the water boy. Yeah. He's not even trying to do a different character. He has that same cadence where yeah. his face is kind of pulled down into a frown. It, if he thinks he talks like yeah. this. It, like everything is uh, – it's like a SNL sketch, like the character That's he would was, play in every yes, SNL yeah, sketch. Yeah, that, yeah. Well, this, this movie it, it feels like an SNL sketch that someone painfully like drug out into a 90-minute affair. Yeah. Right? Right. Because like it has so much of the humor is has those outlandish sketch type jo- like a, almost like a the it feels a lot like moments in like those scary movies or epic movie where mm-hmm. something just completely insane will happen that's not grounded in reality just like an SNL sketch. Um, where that doesn't work for me is when it then switches back and forth between that and between like a heartfelt you know kind of grounded comedy and care like it did those i this movie should either commit to being like fully austin powers world you know what i mean right or fully a world where like people can move and behave in the ways that we do and obey the laws of physics yeah it doesn't work for me that it has a foot in either <laughs> for me that's like the biggest trapping of the movie but i think i, I think that maybe the that may be the most defining characteristic of like an Adam Sandler esque movie. If you like Adam Sandler movies, you're gonna like this movie. If you don't, you won't. It's almost that simple. Yeah, I think the ultimate audience for an Adam Sandler movie is like, uh, like a a parent watching it with their teenage kids. Well, that's why we'll get in. Let's get into it. So let's set up the movie a little bit. Hubie. Dubois lives in Salem, Massachusetts, and he uh, is the water boy. That if you just picture the water boy, you've pictured Hubie. So he's kind of uh, you know. It's also another thing. It's going to be hard for me to talk about Hubie for an hour and not and not weave into like some offensive, <laughs> non politically correct yeah. Uh, yeah. language because this character forces you to think that way. <laughs> To define what you're getting at, I think you're getting at the fact that the movie is basically about like a mentally disabled person yeah. that gets bullied by an entire town. This okay, this is the 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 trying to be the comedic version of the last movie we did, <laughs> which is an entire town is just fucking hating on this guy. 
so aggressively. Kids, adults, his co-workers, the fucking police. They're all bullying and tormenting this one guy. Like, he's a 50-year-old guy who lives with his mom yeah. and basically takes care of her. Uh-huh. And he doesn't really do anything to bother the townspeople. And they yet every mm. day just, like, throw eggs at him and play pranks on him yeah. and, like, yell obscenities at him. <laughs> yeah, so what do we know about Hubie? Hubie really 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 loves halloween he's obsessed with halloween even though he gets very very scared very very easily Mm -hmm. um and he's really 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 good at dodging yeah he's he's like an olympic athlete when it comes to dodging the objects that the town is throwing at him and i think the joke there is that he's been dealing with it for so long with bullying for like yeah. five decades that he he's just like an expert at dodging yeah, eggs and toilet not, paper. He's a cartoon character though. I mean, he's doing yeah. like crazy 180, you know, wheel over wheel shit on his bike, biking <laughs> backwards. He's doing flips to get away from, he's, he never gets hit by the objects that are throwing mm-hmm. him. That's the gag. And the objects keep getting more and more out. Cause that's the first joke is he's biking and kids are throwing shit at him. Yep. And it's just to him, it's like another day where he has to like duck uh-huh. And, yeah, it's, and do it's not phasing flips him to get away. Yeah, and oh man, right away the kids are thro- like throwing eggs at him, and he like catches them in his thermos. It's these CGI eggs that are flying oh. through the air, and then he drinks them, and then just instantly pukes CGI puke up. And I was just like, oh shit, yeah, this is what we're in for. Like, buckle up, here don't we e- go. Don't even get me started on that thermos. Well, yeah. So, it- <laughs> all right. So Hubie, he was really good at dodging stuff, and he has this. Uh, he has this special thermos, which is like a Swiss Army thermos that he's built. That just does everything. Yeah. So th- it, this is where yeah. we're getting back into the inhuman cartoon elements of the movie. He has this magic thermos that c- can. It's you like know, an inspector gadget tool. Yeah, it's an inspector gadget tool with an infinite amount of space within to contain shovels, umbrellas. A vacuum? Yeah, he has like a grappling hook a in grappling it. grappling hook. Like a light. Uh, uh, yeah, a flash. Well, that one, that's pretty standard. Yeah, but he's like always drinking soup out of it too. <laughs> so it still holds the fluid that he needs yeah, it to it hold, but same, it does everything it hold, else it hold, too. It has the same storage for soup as a regular thermos. <laughs> and additionally, it is basically um, a, a magic genie lamp that can do anything. And this movie takes advantage of every scenario to like beat a thermos joke to death like it uh literally every scene he uses his thermos to just get out of the situation i i think it's easy to to just paint this world as like oh it's you know it's a quirky goofy world but it posits such a horrifying reality that that is hubie's life yeah of constant torment from his peers let alone bully kids like the all the everybody in the movie is people he like grew up with, all the other adults around him, mm-hmm. and they're all still bullying him into his fifties. <laughs> yeah, Calling and they're all like they're like in their fifties as well with like families. No, they're the same and age. They're yeah, they're they're they have regular lives where they like go to work and stuff, and yeah. they still go out of their way to bully world, this guy. This is a world where everybody's <laughs> maturity is stunted at age fourteen. <laughs> yeah, and they all just continued being bullies as they grew up. Like Ray Liotta is in this movie, and he's he's got to be like in his late sixties, and oh, he, looks he like shit here. <laughs> he looks so. <laughs> <laughs> and he is like a child. Like he follows. <laughs> Adam Sandler around like Hubie Pubie like just making fun of him and he's like a 68 yeah. year old man he seems to go way out of his way to torture this poor guy he doesn't have anything better to do at age 70 <laughs> it's so horrifying like usually the gimmick is with with these types of characters that Hubie is 
is that they're really goofy and like, you know, quirky and, and eccentric, but they know who they are and they don't really care what other people think. But what's scary here is Hubie does care what other people think because he keeps lying about having a girlfriend in in Canada. Oh yeah. So he's, he clearly like wants to seem cool to these people. So he must know that they think he's not. So that's, that's a horrifying reality (laughs) because that means he's feeling the weight of all this bullying decades and decades of bullying. That's tragic, man. <laughs> it is kind of sad. It's terrible. They and they're, they're not just bullying him; they're destroying his property. Yeah, and like harassing his house and his mom. His they're poor like, fucking mom. She's they, like eighty-five years yeah. old. They're like setting his house on fire, and then he's just cleaning it up like it happens every year. And what I don't like about these types of movies is that Hubie and his mom are not only the joke for the town; they're the joke for the movie. Like. <laughs> The movie yeah. wants us to laugh at them. The movie's trying to trick us into being bullies. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, the this movie relies on recurring gags that it just beats into the ground. And one of those is that the the mom and Hubie don't know what a boner is. Oh, yeah. I don't even know where this joke came from. It's like she – it was one of her shirts. She, she, she inadvertently buys all these dumb sex shirts, like boner donor. Like shirts you'd get at Spencer's. Yeah, like graphic yeah. tee um, – joke sex puns Mm -hmm. we're supposed to laugh at her like how stupid she is yeah they don't like they don't they're not in on the joke qb and his mom Mm -hmm. because they're you know emotionally subcompetent and lacking self-awareness on such a profound level yeah and then it keeps it becomes this like running joke throughout the movie where he he'll like bump into someone and be like oh sorry my boner yeah they and they're like what they think that boner means mistake yeah so they keep saying like my boner. And he says later, like, I made a lot of boners when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So I don't... It doesn't make sense how they set up that joke either. No. She's wearing a shirt that says boner donor, and she just says, oh, I think it means mistake. Why? <laughs> yeah. You you really made a so giant she, leap there. So she thinks her, her shirt says mistake donor? She said... That's what she says. I'm a mistake donor. I like to give away my mistakes. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And the writers think it's so goddamn funny to keep repeating <laughs> that joke through the whole movie. Same with Pubie. They just, everyone calls him Pubie. Yeah. They, uh, that, that's like the conceit of the movie is that his name's Hubie, so you can call him Pubie. Adults think this is clever. And they also call him other words. Somebody called him Shuby. Someone else, Michael Chiklis calls him Booby. And then someone else calls him Scooby. So do you think they just, they gave him the name Hubie so that, because it kind of rhymed with like other ridiculous words? I don't, I don't really know. This, the humor in this movie is a a, a middle schooler's wet dream unchecked in terms of humor. Not even like a smart middle schooler. No, no, it is. This movie's obsessed with poop and farts. And, and uh, by the way, the, the plot is only really here to set the stage for these, these like sketch scenes, these jokes, these little sequences of Hubie getting scared and then somebody scaring Hubie and then sending him on a goose chase. Like, it doesn't even, it's not even really worth, I don't think, breaking it down chronologically to try, like, it, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I don't think this plot is, is good enough for us to cover in an entertaining way the way that, like, Howard the Duck. Was. No, yeah, because that one, the the way that it gets from A to B is so exhilarating and confounding. Mm-hmm. But this one is a really straightforward A to B. Throughout the movie, Hubie is 
he's just trying to protect this town and then he figures out that there is somebody kidnapping people and no one believes him and then they eventually do believe him and think it's him and then he has to go find out who it really is. That's basically the plot from A mm-hmm. to B. And our suspects are the mental patient from the beginning of the movie and uh, Steve Buscemi, who who's, might be a werewolf. Uh, that, uh, that, uh, that actually brings up that Ben Stiller has a cameo in this movie in the beginning as the same character that he plays in Happy Gilmore. Right, yeah. And then later they talk about O'Doyle. I heard that, yeah. So one of the kids like, yells it. This is like officially like the Sandler cinematic universe mm-hmm. where, where all these movies... Because, yeah, one of the bully kids that's in the movie quite a bit is called O'Doyle. I actually kind of laughed at Ben Stiller's reaction. So the movie opens with Ben Stiller walking into this like prison cell at mm, the yeah. the insane asylum or whatever, the psychiatric ward. and yeah. And he pulls the sheet away and finds out that the patient has escaped. And the way he turns around and looks at the open window made me laugh. It's like the most overacted thing. <laughs> and, like, they just have open windows? Yeah. He didn't even he have to just... get past security. He just opened a window. <laughs> yeah, they don't really elaborate on, like, what he did to escape. No, he just opened a window. And the he, end of the scene, he it was somehow saved enough long. jello to make a fully formed <laughs> jello mannequin of himself why would he even bother doing that like what <laughs> it bought him what five seconds of tricking the guy into thinking he that he was still in he bed was building the jello man yeah the window's open yeah it wasn't even a distraction he was already gone <laughs> yeah. i didn't even think about that and he also took the time to put a hot dog in the dick area <laughs> oh god Okay, so oh, I think page... I'm gonna, I think I like this movie <laughs> more, more than I thought I did. <laughs> I, I I love that you're figuring this out right now from this hot dog dick joke. <laughs> okay, uh, so anyway, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I guess one another like plot, quote unquote, is that pretty quickly if if there's this B plot that comes up that Hubie has a has a big old crush on Julie Bowen. Right, her character. She was like a his high school crush. She she's the actress from uh, Happy Gilmore, right? Yeah, and if in Modern Family, if you're listening and you're trying to place this woman, mm-hmm. and when that right when that came up, when he likes, he's like Violet Valentine, oh the sweet, <laughs> the prettiest girl in the city, and then, and then I was just like, okay, all right, it's gonna be one of those movies, one of those Paul Blart. Forrest Gump, Dumb and Dumber, romantic storylines that tries to convince me that this sane, well-adjusted, gorgeous person would see anything at all in this man and would be sexually attracted to, emotionally attracted to, to, to somebody this odd. Well, yeah, her whole character is like in this dream world. Like she looks like she's been hypnotized to like him. (laughs) Well, she she starts out pretty normal, and then she her deal is that she is fostering kids, right? You know what? And actually, someone bullies her for that. Oh yeah, that lady with the cat is like, "Hey, Violet, you're gonna fo- don't tell me you're fostering mumbling zombies now." In in, in talking about Hubie, why would you <laughs> bully someone for fostering children? Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, you dork! You're gonna adopt a kid who lost their parents and give them a stable home life and make sure they feel safe what a loser dude yeah it's it's the same reason it's hilarious that they all bully hubie for like caring about the community yeah and, and making sure they all stay safe yeah like oh he's different different than we are get him 
make them hurt. <laughs> That's like the thought process behind everybody. Yeah. Julie, then you, like you said, Julie Bowen starts to sit, like reveal that she's a, into Hubie. And right? they've known each other since like first grade, right? Right. And, and when she stops him on Halloween night from her car, he almost asks her out and she's like bummed. Like she's like, come, what? Like, Miss Valentine, I was just wondering if we could. And she's like, yeah. And he's like, uh, never mind. And she's like, ah. And it's like, this doesn't do a lot for like gender politics. Like, why doesn't she just ask him out? Yeah. She has to like wait for him. I and I, you know about what? And that. she's like, she talks. To, she talks to him like he's a fucking toddler too. <laughs> she talks to him like someone talks to somebody with Down syndrome, and they overcorrect and go like, "Oh, hey there, buddy." Because yeah. she even says like, um, "Well, Hubie, I know it's your big night. If you if you want some hot soup, come by the diner." It's actually kind of creepy that she's treating him like a toddler, and then she's also sexually attracted to him yeah and i just thought of something too that's the, gross the fact that she like fosters children must mean that she is into like taking care of people so she's like she's like i feel like half wants to take care of hubie and half wants to have sex with him yeah that's why it's so creepy to me yeah i just like i'm thinking this now but it's so creepy that she's talking to him like you would talk to a three-year-old and then she also wants to fuck him <laughs> oh I didn't, that's a dark, yeah. that's a dark, that just is a dark, I didn't like, I don't like the way that's sitting. And he's I confused about it all the time too. Yeah. It makes it even worse. Right. Cause he doesn't really, he has a crush on her, but he doesn't really seem like a sexual being. Well, and they go out of their way like twice in the movie to tell us that he's never had sex. Right. Yeah. He's almost like a desexualized Pee Wee Herman type of character. <laughs> so I don't really <laughs> know what he, to put I don't it. know what he's looking from looking for from this he's relationship like forrest gump meets peewee herman yeah 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 and another another little nitpick talking about him like being a sexual being or not he has this little this bleached pseudo mohawk thing yeah that that was bothering me the whole and time he, this character hubie he would never like walk into a salon and try to get like a stylish haircut from like a you know what i mean <laughs> yeah this is clearly like Adam Sandler's haircut that he wasn't willing to cut for this movie. It looks, it's so dumb. It's a little bleached mohawk. And <laughs> Why did they do that? It didn't add anything to it. It's not like they I'm even acknowledge it. I'm telling you, that's just it. how Adam Sandler's walking around. But Hubie wouldn't go out of his way to like have a haircut like that. Yeah. He doesn't, he's not, he doesn't, he's not concerned with fashion. <laughs> anyway, um, another thing that I did like about the movie, I actually really enjoyed the, I enjoyed the misdirection of the mental patient not being the person that's doing this mm -hmm. it was a really i was getting really really bored and it was like a welcome little oh if he's not there now I, I have to start looking for a new suspect yeah so i that 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 little twist actually worked for me the the mental patient is just rob schneider right and he is coming to to collect his friend steve buscemi who is also a mental patient mm -hmm. and he isn't a werewolf he just believes he's a werewolf that so that then the twist of the movie is that the mom is the one kidnapping everybody yeah her reason for doing it is because because the town is, they've been such bullies to hubie for his entire life that this is like her revenge yeah she says like you don't you don't stand up for yourself so i'm gonna do it yeah but he's been being tormented for decades why did she just snap this one halloween because she's uh, been normal for yeah. years and then she just decided she was gonna this one halloween <laughs> kill people yeah, she she pours gasoline on them. Yeah, she ties them to like a pyre. Yeah, and is gonna burn them like witches because they're in Salem. And 
I was really disappointed to find out there wasn't a supernatural element in this movie. Yeah, me too. I guess they, they hinted at it because I think his mom is like the great granddaughter, great, great, great granddaughter of like one of the witches that was burned during the witch trials. Yeah, but she and doesn't then, ever employ any witchcraft. No, it doesn't lead to that. So they they set it up like she might be like supernatural. They never also they, they never they also never explain how she's able to rip people through the air. Like yeah, like Ray, Ray Liotta's like a two hundred pound man. How does and, she just pull him? Well, they're getting sucked like whoosh backwards, like through. You know what I mean? It's not just like <laughs> right. they're pulled out of a room. They're getting pulled like fifty yards in a matter of seconds up through the air. And then uh, she can barely get down the stairs in the movie. When she pours gas on these people, it's uh like Ray Liotta, the kid that he works with, who's dressed as Fred, Freddie Mercury, and yeah. then Tim Meadows and Maya Rudolph, yeah, our husband and wife. They're all about to be burned at the stake and when Hubie's mom throws the match onto the the gasoline he Hubie like flicks like a one drop of soup out of his thermos mm-hmm. of course the fucking thermos again <laughs> and and like the drop like puts the match out yeah, and then they instantly go back to bullying him again well, well <laughs> and before that the somebody called the the news to come out <laughs> yeah. and film it and they're not even gonna intervene they're just the filming police are it. there. Well, like before that, the news gets there and they're like, "What a horrific scene!" And they're just in their backyard of his house where his mom's gonna burn four people. Were the news people planning on intervening at all if the cops didn't show up? And this is the point in like every Adam Sandler movie where the the bullies all like admit why they're bullies, and they're like, "Well, I was just jealous of him because he was always yeah. such a nice guy, and I could never grow like a thick head of hair like him." Well, like, the, it was yeah, just... they're always the 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 bullies. Adam Sandler always positions the bullies in his movies as being huge losers. Like um, Ray Liotta's like, oh, "I was I'm I was just dumb," and Hubie so smart, and then and then Tim Tim Meadows is mad that he can grow hair, and Maya Rudolph is mad that. Because she's she's just she just says she's never been sexually satisfied. <laughs> yes. So why she's is like she not, mad at Yumi? She's just mad at the world. I <laughs> well, think. Well, and then and again they have to like they have to. He always has to emasculate his bullies in some way. Yeah. Adam Sandler, not Hubie. Mm-hmm. Adam Sandler does this. Where like Tim Meadows can't sexually satisfy uh, uh, Maya, Maya Rudolph, and the implication is that like Adam Sandler would be able to. Mm-hmm. So, like, Tim Meadows is like, oh, I've never... She's like, yeah, you, you've been there with me. You know I've never orgasmed. Yeah, like, you're not a man. That's, like, supposed to be the joke. Mm-hmm. And that happens, like, with all his bullies all the time. Like, yeah. Then the mom, who's a psychopath, just says, you guys should be ashamed of yourselves. He's actually... This is... I'll, I'm, I'm going to paraphrase her speech that she gives. You should be ashamed of yourselves. Hubie, Hubie is actually a really nice guy. And they're just like, oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> and then the whole town just starts being nice to him because... It's time for the movie to be over. <laughs> yeah. That's the only reason. <laughs> On a dime, everybody and just con- is nice to him. Conveniently, the news happened to be there. Yeah. So, like, the whole town got to see this play out. Like, they were just all watching right. the live breaking news. And then... They they got to see this play out, so then they're all just on the same page now. Like he is a good guy after well, all. We it's all be so nice to it's him. such a flimsy way to get us there because like I like I said, her speech is like he's a nice guy. Have you guys ever thought about that? And they're like, no, I guess not. You're right. He is a nice guy. All right, we'll be nice to him now. And it's funny to me how these are once again they're like literally like over middle aged people. They're like sixty five <laughs> yeah, year old people. Yeah. They're they're. It's not like some like. 
18-year-old or, like, 14-year-old well, bullies who are, had, like, a revelation. Are, then, yeah, that's true. It covers the whole... And even they have revelations. So yeah. the kids and... Like I said, everybody's on the same level of maturity. Yeah. The, the middle schoolers, the adults, and they're all just like, yeah, you're right. He is a nice guy. Sorry. We'll be nice to him now. <laughs> and then he gets with the... Uh, on the new... Oh, this part was so upsetting to me. He, uh, like, says, Valentine, I love you, like, through the TV yeah. screen. And then he, like, opens his mouth and is going to try to, like, mimic a kiss. And she, like, approaches – this was so degrading that Julie Bowen had to do this. Mm -hmm. She just, like, is crawling towards the TV with her mouth open, faking a kiss. It's so unsettling. In front of her foster children. It was – it was so – I cringed so bad during that part. I felt so bad for her right yeah. in that moment. And I, but I died and feel bad for Adam Sandler at all. Not <laughs> partly because he likes doing this, and also he's he's the co-writer of this movie. <laughs> yeah, I saw he's that. credited as a co-writer, so he always has to give himself a smoke show to like get him out of this situation. So then, then the next, the next, the this is the fastest ending I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> yeah. Like the bullies are like, oh, sorry, we we didn't we shouldn't be mean to you. And then and then it's just he's the mayor a year later. It just cuts to a year later, and he is now married to Julie Bowen. Yeah, and he's leaving. For work and his kids, his like foster children are all like, have a good day, dad. These and don't understand how parents work because <laughs> this 16-year-old this kid wouldn't just start calling this mentally challenged guy his dad. <laughs> and then he rides his bike to work and the whole town's just like waving at him like, I love you, Hubie. Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. He's like a rock star after yeah. that. Well, this town seems weird. It's like, like you said, it's just this never-ending SNL sketch. Uh -huh. So if you lived in this town, you would just have to put up with that. You're like going to the grocery store or you like you go to like the deli. Like where I think he worked at a deli. Yeah, right? he works at a deli. <laughs> You're just like, I'll take a pound of hamburger and then you just have to watch like Three Stooges style fart jokes. Yeah, you have to watch a 70 year old man bully a 50 year old man. <laughs> yeah. Ray Liotta like hides a lamb's head in the deli and scares Hubie. Yeah. If I saw that, if I was just at a deli and I saw that, I'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? You're such an asshole. And would, the, but the whole deli loves Ray, Ray Liotta when he does it. They're like, ha ha, yeah, good one, man. Like, it would be funny to live in this universe for, like, a weekend. And then you're just yeah. like, okay, I, I want to get back to normal now. Like, every day you just have a fear of getting a wedgie on your way to yeah. work. Yeah, and, like, a wedgie that doesn't have to obey the laws of physics. It can, like, propel you up in the air and shit. Because that's what <laughs> always happens in movies like this. And then they have one cop. I looked up the population of Salem. It's like 60,000 people. And of I, course, there's yeah, one, they, one that, cop. That's what I was thinking, actually. I was like, this is Salem. It's like a big, famous place. Like, I don't think it's like a small town. It's like a suburb of Boston. <laughs> yeah. It's like 36 minutes out of Boston. <laughs> and they, they just have like the, the mayor and the cop and the teachers and everybody all went to the same high school and they all stayed in Salem. And, there's, yeah. and they all know each other. That's so weird that they try to pass it off as a small town. Just make a fictional town. Right. They don't have to set it in Salem. <laughs> Running the town of Salem would take a lot more faculties than Hubie has access to in his brain. Yeah. <laughs> I think he would just, like, freeze up when he's presented with any question about yeah. anything. And he, yeah, Hubie's whole thing seems to be that he's obsessed with Halloween. Like, the, the rest of the year, I guess, he's just prepping for Halloween mm -hmm. because it's his favorite thing. I don't know what he do does – the rest of the year. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They I don't guess really... just works at that deli and just is, lives in perpetual torment from everyone around him. <laughs> but then he doesn't even. Why does he? He doesn't even dress up in a costume. He doesn't even. And and then actually, the only time in the movie he does dress up in costumes is that weird montage where he's complaining to the police about random like things because mm -hmm. he's like paranoid. 
Do you remember that? Yeah. He's like, I just heard a noise in the sewer. Uh, there's a strange noise coming from the barn. Like, he's just, it's it's him bursting into the, the mm -hmm. police station. And he has disguises on. Yeah. Remember that? He's like an eye patch and an afro in one. For being a guy who loves Halloween, he doesn't seem to really enjoy it that much. Like, he's, he's no. like, working during yeah. it. Yeah. He it's he he th he seems to have taken up the mission of like the protector of this town on Halloween, but only on Halloween. And why does he enjoy Halloween? Because he doesn't dress up, or everything terrifies him. Also, so yeah, that one weird montage. He's wearing disguises, so he dresses up in the off season, but not on Halloween. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess like so. Another thing I did enjoy about the movie, it, I, it does it has a really fun Halloween soundtrack. Yeah, it's got, that's a, true. It's got a really banging uh, some Halloween. It'll get you in the Halloween mood, but like they didn't do anything to earn that, so I don't really want to credit them for having a good soundtrack. Yeah, I kind of give the movie credit for setting like at least a good Halloween vibe. Kind of made it like a fun watch before Halloween. You know, well, like I'm kind of a sucker for like a, a good. I know, vibe but in a like, movie like that. I, I don't know, man. I don't. I know people listening are gonna be like, "Oh, you asshole!" Like, let up. It's just a goofy, fun movie. It's harmless. But, like, no, we deserve better than this. You can have a movie with, like, outlandish characters doing really goofy things that are still, like, really likable and believable and have believable motivations and are complex and, you know, are, are behaving in a way that makes sense. Mm -hmm. This movie, people just behave away because they need to get to the next scene. Like, Julie, there, why would Julie Bowen ever be attracted to this man? What, what what could he possibly offer her? What would they talk about? Well, maybe we should use this, then, as, like, a segue into, the, like, the genre of... Well, yeah, I kind of am a little bit here. It's yeah. Like, Adam Sandler is good at this in these movies, is setting up some sort of, like, moral. Like, people come, get comeuppances. The bullies, like, they all... Like he's like I said, he emasculates the bullies. They He's shown that, like... You know, if you have a good heart and you're kind, that's the right way to be. That's like the through line of, of, of his movies like this, where it's a lovable goofball. But then he, when you mix it with like PG-13 humor is where it's kind of baffling to me. Mm -hmm. Like we, if you watch this movie and you learn something from it, I'd be kind of worried that you didn't know that before. <laughs> yeah, it, it is like very simplistic. It's yes. just like be nice to people who are different. Right. <laughs> Like but, like, the, the movie isn't story. even nice to people who are different. <laughs> yeah. Remember that joke where the one of the biggest jokes of the movie is you keep hearing this DJ on the radio, and she's just, like, sultry, sexy voice, like, mm -hmm. hello, my goblins and ghouls. Like, I hope everyone's staying cool out there. And then you f he gets to the radio station later, and you find out that it's just Shaq. Yeah. Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> yeah. And, and what what's the joke there? Is it just, like, he's this big, lumbering guy, and he has the voice of a woman? Yeah. <laughs> And then he's married to somebody who is a woman, but talks like, hey, I'm a guy. Yeah. She's like, hello, a... honey. <laughs> and he's like, oh, hey. Like, that's, it's just like funny. They're different. They're weird. Funny. I, I didn't even really us. understand what. How did it, that didn't move anything along. I didn't understand why they put that into the well, movie. Well, none of the it jokes like, move anything along. They always pause for these jokes. I feel but... like I need to apologize to our, our listeners at this point for how convoluted this episode is because I am, That's what I'm having like a lot of trouble movie. like even deciphering what anything means in this movie and how it moves the plot along. <laughs> well, that's because this is just this. This is the movie in the world is just a stage for the poop jokes it sets up. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? The point isn't the plot. The point is the jokes. So this should just be a series of sketches. <laughs> Someone had just does. 
Someone should just give Adam Sandler a sketch comedy show. There was a whole scene, and the only reason the scene ex- existed was so that the joke, that somebody could make a joke about his mother-in-law blowing up the bathroom to the point where they had to throw the shower curtain away. I don't even remember this. What are you talking about? Whose mother-in-law? The farmer. His pig dies, and they're like investigating why his pig okay, died. Yeah, and he's like, oh, I can't figure out why my pig died. And his wife walks out. The joke, the whole scene exists for this one joke where he goes, "What does he say?" He says something along the lines of like, "At least we." Yeah, yeah I remember. Like, every time your mother comes over, we have to throw the shower curtain away after she uses well, the toilet. Like, is the joke here that she literally is pooping so hard that? It's well, kids on the shower curtain. Yes, and the whole five-minute scene That's, exists for that joke. Why would the There's poop? No other why reason. would the poop only? Why would the poop only get to the shower curtain? Wouldn't I guess it ruin it's like other, the, the only porous thing in the room? I don't. Wouldn't really, it ruin other things in the bathroom? <laughs> what is the joke? That was it. The, the whole scene existed for that joke, then, and then they move the, on, and they never well, talk about it again. I also remember there's a joke where he has a bed sheet hanging out, and there's, like, skid marks on it. Yeah. <laughs> so is he pooping the bed? <laughs> <laughs> that makes it makes everything even sadder. <laughs> his, life is, his life is so tragic. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. And then he wears that bed sheet. <laughs> so, it's so horrifying. This man is not well. He wears it to the elementary school and even the kids recognize that there's poop stains on it, but he doesn't. This is so horrifying that this man would walk through life like this. Yeah, it's honestly a sad movie. <laughs> yeah, and, and it, again, we're supposed to laugh at Hubie. For like 90% of the movie, we're supposed to laugh at him like the bullies are laughing at him. Mm-hmm. Even though the bullies are wrong for it and the movie makes a, a point of telling us that, we're still supposed to laugh when they scare him and he goes, Mommy! Ah! Like... I, this movie just wants you to laugh at people that are different. So it's weird that the moral of the story is be nice to people. Because it <laughs> yeah. spent so long tricking us into laughing at him. It It's just a movie that should have been made in 1998. I don't... And it it well, just doesn't really keep up with the time. You know but... that other weird fucking joke is when all those news anchors are dressed up like sexy Harley Quinn. Yeah. And then you see a little girl She's dressed like up as a sexy Harley... <laughs> You can't do that. Yeah. They like really sexualized her. That was, was disgusting. Yeah. And then, and the dad's like standing there. So is the joke that the dad is horrified that his little daughter is like slutty? <laughs> this is yeah. 2020. Yeah. I had that same thought. I was like, yeah, I think they took that a little too far. Yeah. That felt like a joke that from the nineties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, well, that's another thing is like just Adam Sandler in general, his, his brand of humor hasn't changed. Right. I think that I do think he genuinely enjoys making these movies. I wish he put more effort into them, but I think he seems to. I don't know. I mean, do you think he goes home from filming and and or after reading the script and he's just like, "Oh man, this is hilarious. People are gonna. This is so funny." And like he believes in the jokes. I think yeah. I think it's just him having fun with his friends. That's why it's always like the same people. Yeah, you know? I think there's something admirable about that, about wanting to make a a a, a move a hijink a, a screwball comedy with your buddies. Uh yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, for the most part, 
this movie didn't really piss me off in the way that, you know, like the house at the end of the street did, or uh, even Twilight did. I, I guess I would say this is this is a movie that you could probably turn on while you were like making dinner. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it has like a, it has, it'll get you in the mood for Halloween. It has a, it has a nice little Halloween soundtrack. Mm-hmm. But I think the instant you peel away one layer, you you go down a rabbit hole of of how horrifying yeah. the reality that this sets up is. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I was crying. I was crying. I feel like if this was uh, like a drama, it would just at the end of the movie, it would zoom out and it, this just all took place in like a fantasy that Huey had. Yeah, <laughs> like he's just like this desperate. Yeah, fifty-four-year-old like, man who's like bullied to the point of like insanity. Right, <laughs> he would be sitting like cross-legged, holding a snow globe, <laughs> as he as he dreamed a world where all his bullies all got their comeuppance. Yeah, and, and his, he got his, the girl. Yep. <laughs> oh man, I don't know. So I don't. I I it, this movie was fun enough. Like I said, it wasn't. Yeah. It didn't piss me off in the way the other ones did. It made me a little bit angry just because it's not a. It's not a type of humor that I'm tapped into or resonates with me mm. in any real way. And I'm not snobby about it. Like, I, I'm i a little bit snobby about it, actually. <laughs> <laughs> like, that that poop humor is pretty stupid. Yeah, that was bad. I, I don't know what people are getting out of that. I think I probably would have loved this movie if I was, like, 14. Sure. I, yeah, yeah, I would, too. I, I, I probably... Well, I, I did, like you know movies like i still like adam sandler movies there's there's adam yeah. sandler movies i really enjoy that that are of the same vein mm-hmm. all right wow we went off the rails a little bit on this one didn't we buddy it was hard not to man like i said earlier I, this was really difficult to like to keep any sort of sequential order well that's the same way the movie kind of assaults you yeah. too it's just like these these jokes out of nowhere and you and you're like well what about that other plot line that they kind of set up nope it's just a now we're into the bedsheet skid mark scene it's like every actual heartfelt scene in the movie was just interrupted with like like uh-huh. a fart yeah that's a like there are such great comedies that don't have to pause to make jokes yeah and this movie just has to always pause to to go into a joke and sometimes the jokes just really overstay their welcome especially the returning ones uh yeah, no, I don't know. It's 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 a, it's a it's it, ultimately it is a really harmless movie. It knows what it is. It's not trying to weave out of that lane. But I still think like there are such better versions of this. If you want to go watch Halloween movies, hmm. like this to me should have been more like a hocus pocus type of romp. You're right. You know what I mean? And honestly, we got I got to the end and I was like I was really bummed out that we didn't get any ghosts or ghouls. Because mm-hmm. that was one of the reasons we picked this, because the last one we did was kind of a, a horror movie that didn't have any supernatural. At least yeah, this one was I'm, Halloween themed. I am kind of bummed about that. I was hoping that there would yeah. be something that we could, I don't know, at least appreciate like practical effects or something of like monsters or... Yeah, I was waiting for a good werewolf. Yeah. I don't know. I it, Like, I'm not, I wouldn't, I wouldn't fault anybody for really enjoying this movie. Yeah. I, I if you liked House at the End of the Street, I... I, I would be mad at you a little bit, but this movie I would wouldn't. Right. I'm not. I'm not gonna be. I'm not really. I'm not gonna be overly snobby about this. Yeah, like this one. Like I said, there were parts of it I even kind of enjoyed just because I thought it was like kind of fun in the spirit of Halloween. 
I wouldn't necessarily say it's good, but right. Like, but I don't know. I it's think innocent that enough where you, you can't be mad. I understand the desire to just want to escape to something kind of <laughs> rel- a harmless, familiar kind of setup like this movie. So go ahead, go ahead, indulge yourselves, have some fun, watch the movie. Yeah, fair enough. But like I said, don't look at the movie too closely, or your driver's just self insane with uh, <laughs> with try it like we just did. Okay, that was that was our our inaugural Halloween. Uh, you know, romp through some movies was these two, uh, House of the On the Street and, and this one. All right, thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us, folks, on the rabbit hole of Hubie Halloween. I think I already said that. Um, we will see you for the next episode. Happy Halloween. Stay spooky. Right, goodbye, Ghost everybody. and ghouls.